Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3. Time now for Market View, where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares remained relatively flat at the opening bell this morning, the first trading day following the budget on Friday. Now, the latest budget focused on the rolling out of the first instalment of the Forward Singapore program and Budget 2020. Set aside top-ups for cost-of-living support, businesses and housing support for young families also included the introduction of a new Skills Future program and refundable investment credit scheme for companies. The closing numbers are still firming up on the first trading day following that budget announcement, but here's what I have on my screen. The STI up 0.16% and we are looking at 3,226 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $1 billion. The gain is stroked losers though, 253 versus 313. Top 5 movers by value, we've got here DBS, OCBC, Citrim, UOB and SIA. Heavily traded security. Securities included Seatrim, Thai Beverage and Geo Energy Resources. Singapore companies in focus today as we deep dive into the market-moving portions of Budget 2024 and the 13 blue-chip stocks that could benefit from the measures announced. Now, aside from that, we'll also look at Olam Group after a review concluded by the firm turned out no evidence that its Nigerian unit was involved in a multi-billion dollar fraud. Lots of things going on here, and let's break them down with David Kuo, co-founder, the Smart Investor. Mr. Kuo, welcome. Hello, Tian Tian. How are you? How are you, and how's your holiday? Uh, the holiday was great. I have to apologize to you and the rest of the team why my holiday was somewhat extended. Uh, it was because it was because of Chelsea. You know, Chelsea wasn't doing particularly well. And <laughs> look, look, it wasn't doing particularly well until I arrived in the UK. And guess what, right? We're in the, uh, the final of the um, Carabao Cup. Uh, we beat Aston Villa, so we're in the next round of the FA Cup. And we also drew with Man City. So uh, what more can I say? Yeah, I, I feel bad now that I come back, and I hope that they will continue their good form uh, whilst I'm away. Mm-hmm. Well, Elliot warned me of that. Uh, he said you'd definitely bring that up, and he was right. <laughs> He's always right. <laughs> yeah, but Mr. Kuala, start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How has the STI fed so far after the announcement of 2024's budget? Broadly speaking, any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Is budget 2024 a sort of a market-moving one, per se? Okay, there's a couple of things, Tantian. I mean, the first one, of course, is that the budget, I think, is going to be good for the Singapore economy. It's a very ambitious budget. It's what we call an expansionary budget, where, which means that the government is using, using tax measures, fiscal measures, in order to try and grow the economy. I would think that as a result of what Singapore has done, there will be other economies around the world that will be looking at Singapore and saying, can we do exactly the same thing? Because what is really needed now is a boost in confidence around the world. And I think many governments will try and copy what Singapore has done. But unfortunately, I don't think they have the, the same amount of firepower that Singapore has. And that is primarily because Singapore has uh, massive reserves and it has the ability to, to do that. Other countries, on the other hand, have massive amounts of debt. 
And I don't mm. think they're in the same uh, luxurious position that Singapore is in. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely going to be good for uh, Singapore's economy. And as a result of that, it's going to be good for Singapore's shares. Now, the other thing that caught my eye today was Genting. Genting was uh, one of the biggest leaders on the SDI today. Mm. And I think this is on the back of the travel data that came out from China. So mm. maybe... Uh, people are putting uh, two and two together and saying, could it possibly be that uh, because outbound travel in China was strong and many of those Chinese tourists are coming to Singapore? And of course, one of the main destinations will, of course, be uh, getting. Mr. Ko, now I want to zoom in on the budget and the movers. Um, mm-hmm. This article by the Business Times citing Maybank Securities and RHB, some 13 STI constituents they are expected to benefit from Budget 2024. In particular, the report included uh, financial institutions uh, such as uh, the likes of your big banks and they could benefit Mm. from that $5 billion future energy fund. Your thoughts on the matter? I think so. And I think, you know, it is uh, a move in the right direction. Uh, I, I think there will be a lot of interest from companies uh, hoping to tap into uh, green energy. And as a result of that, I would think uh, they will be going uh, to the banks to try and sort of borrow money in order to make Singapore a, a much more pleasant place to live in. So, like I said, right at the outset, this is a very ambitious budget. And what we really need to do is to see follow through from uh, companies here in Singapore, tapping into uh, the availability of funds and also tapping into the banks. So it's also no surprise today that uh, the three big banks here in Singapore were up around sort of 0.8 to 1% today. So that included uh, U- uh, UOB, OCBC and DBS amongst the biggest gainers today. Mm, and I do want to talk about two other sectors that were pointed out uh, by RHBMA Bank Securities. We have big names like CDL, UOL, Semco, Capo and SD Engineering. Those from property and industrials, they're set to benefit from R&D-related tax rebates. And of course, uh, going back to that $5 billion future energy fund as well. But at the same time, when we look at the positives, right, large corporations, they are also subjected to a number of corporate tax changes to align with BEPS 2.0. So all in, are we looking at a net positive or a net negative for the firms? I think it is going to be net positive. And I think, you know, many of us uh, know that property prices here in Singapore are a little on the high side. Mm. And I think also what a lot of people are suffering from is that, um, when they decide to move homes, um, they are hit by the additional buyer stamp duty or the increase in stamp duties. So relaxing that to some extent, I think we'll get the housing market moving again. One of the big problems that people have, and I think if you have a look at some of the more developed economies around the world, like the UK, like in America, people don't want to move because of the stamp duty. And they, they, even though the property they live in is not suitable for them anymore, for instance, it's too big for their needs, they still keep them anyway because they are just mm. so terrified about moving and having to pay additional stamp duty. So I think uh, the, the move by the Singapore government in order to get the housing market moving again, I think is healthy and I think it is really good. And you mentioned uh, CDL, uh, a big property developer here in Singapore. I think it is good for them. So uh, in general, I, I'm, I am really pleased by what uh, Lawrence Wong has done, the Deputy Prime Minister. Don't mind me looking at Telco now, Mr. Kuo, especially with that nationwide broadband upgrade. 
What does that mean for the likes of Singtel and Starhub in the near term? More support, perhaps? Yeah, I think so. Well, the thing is, I can't even imagine what 10 gigabytes will actually do. I mean, at the moment, I would have thought that the internet was fast enough. But what they're saying is that eventually, when we need more computing power, that uh, we are going to need faster broadband speed. So uh, Singapore is uh, one step ahead of everybody else. And they're trying to uh, upgrade the uh, internet uh, infrastructure here in Singapore by stepping up from one gigabyte to 10 gigabytes. And I think uh, companies like Singtel will also benefit because they'll be able to tap into the fund that is being provided by the Singapore government. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad I was away in Tianjin because, I mean, now that I've come back, (laughs) I just think, why did I even bother going away? Because uh, Singapore is just such a great place to be. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with David Kuo, co-founder, The Smart Investor. And Mr. Kuo, let's take a look at some other uh, SGX-listed companies uh, away from Budget 2024. We want to take a look at Olam Group because a review conducted by the agribusiness giant turned up no evidence that its Nigerian unit was involved in a multi-billion dollar fraud. As was reported by media outlets last year, how far have investors taken heart in this matter? Uh, very much so. I think the uh, share price of Olam was uh, up significantly today. I think the last time I looked, it was up around sort of 10% or 14% today. So I think, uh, yeah, well, whatever cloud was hanging over Olam has now completely dissipated. And I think it was a bit of a storm in the teacup anyway. I don't even know why this was ever brought uh, uh, up by the Nigerian government that there was some kind of fraud that was being perpetrated by Olam. But, you know, uh, now that it's... Uh, uh, all clear. Um, yeah, all that can look forward to better days in Nigeria. Mm, and finally, before we let you go, Mr. Kuo, let's look at REITs. Elite commercial REITs posted DPU of 1.33 pence for the second half ended December today. Now, DPU for H2 was down 40.9% from the same period a year ago. How concerning is this, though? Well, I think, you know, anybody that invests in uh, the real estate investment trust or REITs need to appreciate that. Uh, REITs are a cyclical business. In other words, they have their good times, they have their bad times. And at the moment, uh, those companies that are, for instance, exposed to um, Europe, uh, maybe exposed to America in particular, are finding it quite difficult. Uh, in the case of uh, Elite, uh, they had um, uh, raised more money. So in other words, uh, their uh, unit base is larger than, than it was before. That, that is um, not that much of a problem. I think the bigger problem is the financing cost because uh, that's becoming a little bit more expensive, right. uh, especially if they have to renew their loans. They have to pay more interest. And so uh, just, just, just take it on the chin for now because, I mean, this cycle will dissipate and then uh, we'll be able to look forward to better times. But if you have a balanced portfolio of REITs, uh, particularly those that are exposed to the Singapore market, mm. uh, I think you'll be okay. Uh, but if you were uh, jumping on a pogo stick and just going up and down on just a handful of weeks, then I think uh, you uh, need to think about diversifying and mm. uh, looking at uh, a more broad-based portfolio. Mm, all right. Thanks a lot, Mr. Kuo. That was David Kuo, co-founder The Smart Investor. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.